Is it time? This is the My New Norm podcast. And I'm your host, Barry Scott Young. And now, on with the show. In this episode, you'll hear from my guest and longtime friend, Jamie Hoffman. She's a wife, mother of adult twin boys, and a die-hard animal lover and fierce amateur golfer. As life will often do, she found herself unexpectedly in the role of caregiver to her elderly in-laws. She's a strong woman who takes on all life's challenges to the fullest. As they used to say, she's got gumption. Join me as I chat with my friend, Jamie Hoffman. Enjoy. Hello, we're talking to Jamie Hoffman. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Where are you right now? I am at my house in Escondido, California. Nice. You guys have what? Lived there a long time? Gosh. In that house? About 37 years. Oh yeah. my. Wow. It, we bought it brand new. Nobody lived here and we were just hanging out. And then all of a sudden I got pregnant and had twins. And then when they hit kindergarten, I said, we either move now or we have to wait until they graduate from high school and go away <laughs> and they graduate so, from high school and college and we're still here <laughs> you're still there uh yeah. jamie you and i go way back <laughs> i know i met you when i moved to san diego in yeah. 1979 you were what a senior in high school Yep. Or or were you out of well, high school? A, ju- a junior. I graduated in junior? 1980. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, think about that. You have a twin brother, Jeff. And yep. uh, it was so cool meeting you guys and your family with youth group and then later on leadership. You, you guys as a family have, have been very supportive of Barb and I in our own lives as well as ministry. And uh, it's just neat to know we still like each other. <laughs> well, how can we not? <laughs> we share a birthday together. <laughs> I know. It's a big one. Yeah. It goes on for a month. Yeah. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about growing up in San Diego. It was amazing. It was great. Uh, we lived down by the college area. Somehow we we ended up at Faith Chapel, and my parents took us there, and then we couldn't get away from you guys. We had to be there every <laughs> Thursday and Sunday, and any oh, and any time between, between. I know that, it. That was so fun. Waiting for the doors it, it to open. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What were you into? I was into playing sports. I love sports. I played basketball. I played softball. A lot of softball. Um, I remember playing with you and Charlie, Greg, and Mike uh, on a 
on a softball team, and we were the only team that had a, a girl infield. <laughs> it, was, it was me, Kim Piccolo, a bunch of us. Oh my, we would, that's we right. Play against other other uh, teams. We were so ahead of our time, weren't we? Were. <laughs> Man, when did you pick up golf? My dad was an avid golfer. He played in college, he and his brother. When he moved down here to San Diego State, he was the first one on the golf team. For, he was wow. part of the first golf team in, for San Diego State. So he played there. And so then my brother, 45 minutes older than me, he would always tell you, <laughs> Jeff, he wanted him to play golf. And so he said girls couldn't play. So I started following him out to the golf course and going, well, I want to play. No, girls can't play golf. And oh, so I started my. playing golf. And in high school, there was no girls golf team. The coach came and got me out of class and said, come out for the boys golf team. <laughs> and so I played on the boys golf team. And uh, oh, yeah, and that was it. So my dad worked with me and got me to play golf. Wow. And then I quit after high school for a while and met Richard, my husband, and got married. And my parents moved up to Bonzel on a golf right. course, San Luis Ray Downs. And so there was a ladies club there. And I didn't know anything about joining a ladies club or anything. And so I went and started playing with the ladies, decided that, oh, if I get good at this, I can go travel around and see the country. Which you love. Yeah. So I started working at it. And then, you know, between playing golf and, and getting better, I had twins. <laughs> And I could take them, you know, uh, with me on these trips. And so I went all over the place. I, I've gone to, I was in Erie, Pennsylvania. I saw the largest rubber ducky in the world <laughs> on Lake Erie. <laughs> <laughs> so it travels uh, the world. It, it was so funny. Wow. Yeah. So you're considered a amateur golfer. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell me what that means? Amateur means the love of. So therefore, I love golf. And as amateur golfers, we travel and play in tournaments and national championships and things. And we do it for the love of the sport and the competition. Wow. So we get little uh, trophies. <laughs> pickle, nice. I always Participation, say right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, no. how far in your pregnancy did you play? I played until I was about five months along and I found out I was having twins. The doctor said, I think your dates are off. You're a little large, so we should do a sonogram. And so we did. And there were two heads and all these arms and legs. And <laughs> so we were in shock. So when, I, was, was when I first got pregnant, nobody believed me. It was like... Yeah, sure, Jamie, because I always, we wanted dogs. We didn't even do puppies. We did dogs. We had three dogs at the time. And I came home one day and said, honey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I cried. <laughs> and I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell my family for like two weeks until the tears, when I would say I'm pregnant, I wouldn't have tears. And then, oh my. <laughs> then no one believed me. About five months along, I got a little large. So when we found out we're having twins, I told Everybody, the, our family, and they all laughed and said, God has, has a sense of humor. They knew he knew you would only do this once, so we're, he gave you twins. 
<laughs> get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> now you come from, uh, I think both sides, your mom and dad have twins. Is that right? No, no. There's no twins no? in the family. My brother and I are the first set. Then I had my twins. And then Debbie, who's a year younger than us, she has twin boys because she laughed too hard at me having twins. So she got twins. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So yeah. I wonder what's going to happen with this next. next generation, you know. I know. I oh, know. man. So. You know, you have always been busy. <laughs> I've entitled this episode uh, Living Life to the Max because every time I think of you, you're doing something, you're getting ready to do something, or you've just done something. You are <laughs> you are one of those people that just keeps active regardless of how old you are, how much pain you're in. Uh, you get up and go and you say, it's time to move. And you've done that yep. your whole life, so... Yeah. Uh, I commend you on that. Oh, You're, thank you. You are really awesome to watch. So speaking of that, I want to go back to maybe 1981. We were at a camp. <laughs> you were helping us with our girls. You were a leader. And there was one night after dinner that they brought out the leftover watermelon pieces. Do you remember that? I remember. <laughs> well, the reason why I remember is because it was a contest between you and I to see who would eat and eat watermelon until they passed out. Um, <laughs> it's the only thing that I beat you at. And so I want to I want you and I to talk about it for about an hour. Um, do you remember how many slices we ate? I think we I think we ate two 20-pound watermelons. Oh, for sure. <laughs> there was just... probably more on us than in yeah. us. Yeah. But I think at the end, you started to get really messy so you didn't have to eat it. And you smeared... <laughs> Your teeth into it, and it was just shooting down on the table. Yeah. Anyway, I won that one, and when people barely, uh, ask, you barely won it. <laughs> yeah, right. When people ask me about my ability in sports, uh, I go back to that to the watermelon <laughs> contest. So you can do the watermelon contest. Yeah, like uh, how much water time. came out of you after that? For how many days? I know that was the next <laughs> contest. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about your sons, the twins. My boys. So, yes, it, it was kind of a shocker that I had them. <laughs> but uh, they are full-on blessings in my life. They are the reason I, I'm still here. They are mm. just so special. Um, so much fun. It was fun to raise them because I'm a twin, so I would tell them all the time, you guys are brothers, but you're more than brothers. You're twins. Mm -hmm. And so you guys are special. And um, mm. yeah, so just raise them. Uh, they tried to play golf. They took turns being last and dead last in junior golf in San Diego. And uh, <laughs> then <laughs> they took up sailing. Uh, my husband was racing sailboats at the time. So they took it up when they were about 11 or 12 and became national champions in sailing. And wow. they did they did something they hate that I talk about it still, but there's this 
this certain regatta that they would have to qualify for every year. It's um, the Sears Cup triple-handed championship. The championship is in different areas in the country. So they would qualify in their area here in Southern California and go, and there's 11 teams that go to the championship. It's the oldest junior regatta in the the United States. You age out when you're 18. Um, It started in 1926 and they're the only two that have ever won it three times. Three times? Yep. They won it. um, Their first time was in Detroit and they got second. I think they were 13 at the time, and then uh, or 14, and then uh, they won one in New Jersey. You know, I would just travel with them to all that. So their last one that they won before they aged out actually was at the yacht club that we belonged to at the time, Mission Bay Yacht Club, and so they got mm. to finish off at their own yacht club. It was it was pretty special. Wow. Yeah. So what did they do after that? After they turned 18, didn't they also continue yes. to sell? Yes, so they went off to college to Old Dominion in Virginia, and they were on the sailing team there because okay. on the East Coast, it's an NCAA sport. On the West Coast, it's a club sport at colleges. So mm. they they sailed there for a while. They graduated from college. They, bought, they grew up. <laughs> One's married <laughs> to a lovely girl. Um, they live in... In Florida, and the other one is Evan is in Richmond, Virginia, but they both still have sailboats. Um, mm. Evan is actually uh, the national secretary for this the Snipes. It's a nineteen foot two man sailboat that's sailed all over the world, and he's the national commodore basically. So he takes wow. care of the fleet nationally, United States. So he just got oh, back. Boy. He he actually was in town for a week sailing in a national championship here in, in San Diego. So yeah. they're still doing that. They're, yep, that's, that's awesome. their passion. They kind that's of take awesome. after me, and Evan mm-hmm. especially takes after me where he is constantly on the go, constantly <laughs> doing something and having a great <laughs> a great life, and they're both they're 30 years old now. <laughs> oh, and they still that's... call me all the time. <laughs> Oh, that's well, you trained him well, that's for sure. Yeah. There's also another part of your life that a lot of people don't know about. It's it's really a, a part of your life that you have such a love to serve and to help, especially family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that even with your dad um, having a stroke, you were there for him and yeah. you were on the phone talking to me when I had my stroke. And yeah. I felt that caregiving part of you. Aww. But as people get older, there's something that occurs that they don't, they really don't think about or prepare for, and that is parents and in-laws getting older. And uh, I don't know how it happened, but for a few years, you were a caregiver for your mother-in-law. Tell us a little bit of what it takes to be a caregiver. Well, a lot of patience. A lot of smiling, a lot of praying. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we're just cruising along. Our kids were were off to college and graduated college, and all of a sudden, Richard's parents got old, and they were in a three story house in Del Mar. They were never going to leave, but uh, my father in law had Parkinson's, mm. and. My mother-in-law was starting to get dementia, basically, but um, it started with him first. I would go, I would play golf at Torrey Pines and then stop by 
and check on them and bring them lunch. Pretty soon they couldn't go up and down the stairs anymore and they wouldn't get help inside. So we finally had to come up with a solution of getting them, taking them out of their house, which was hard and sad, Mm -hmm. but um, got father-in-law some good care at a retirement place. But even when they go into assisted living, you have to still be there all the time because there's care there, but you have to be there to make sure that the care is being given. And you have to, and it's even more important to be there just so that they know that they're not just put somewhere and forgotten because these places are beautiful places, but you know, they're still just in a room and all that. So, yeah. So, you know, father-in-law took care of him for a while and he passed away at 90 and then my mother-in-law couldn't be by herself. So we moved her closer to our house not in our house, but closer to assisted living. So I was there taking care of her. But I think with uh, this COVID, when that started is when she mm-hmm. really went downhill. And because we all of a sudden we couldn't come in and see her and she didn't understand. I remember uh, she had had cataract surgery at, that I had taken her to. And so I went to, we were going to an appointment so I could get her out of the facility for that day to go to an appointment. And I remember her favorite place to go was Jack in a Box. So <laughs> we usually would go inside, but we couldn't. So we went uh, through the drive through and she's never been through the drive through that she could remember. And she's like, well, why can't we go in? And she didn't understand, you know, why we couldn't go anywhere. Well, why can't we go shopping? Because the stores are closed right now. We can't, we can't go in. So the very last time that I could actually take her somewhere, we went and got food on a whim. I thought, oh, we'll just go by the park. Carson Park is close by here. So we went and sat in the car and had a picnic. I opened up the windows and she's watching people walk by and the dogs walk by because at least we could you could go walk in the park still before that closed down so that was the last time that I was able to give her a little bit of joy and I think that's part of it as as everyone gets old you gotta you gotta just you know try and give them as much joy as possible because their world gets so small right and And you you walk when they're going through confusion Mm -hmm. and things that they used to do and love they can't and you have to be there it, it really uh it takes your emotional tank and drains it you know yeah. yeah so what are those two things one is what helped you to fill your tank up again and the other thing would be what would you say to those that are in the midst of caregiving now um i think well my my thing was I just like to go hit golf balls. I you know just go just go on the golf course and I I love playing golf by myself. It's green. It's beautiful. You see animals and just it's just refreshing for me. Um, yeah. Take a walk on the beach. You know, being outdoors it, it refreshes me. And I just yeah. think with people that are helping other people right now, just to just to be patient. And just to find joy in small little things. And mm. I mean, basically, you got to find the positive, no matter how negative it looks. I remember um, I was working when the boys were in college. I, I got a job at Target for a little bit uh, to help with college. I hurt myself. I hurt my back and didn't pay attention. And I ended up with drop foot. So I have no feeling from the knee down in my 
in my leg. From a back injury? Yeah, just from a herniated disc in my back. Oh, man. I woke up one, they kept giving, the doctor kept giving me drugs, gave me a shot in my back, and I woke up one day, my back felt great, and I couldn't walk. So, but it didn't stop you. <laughs> no, I had, I had to figure things out. So I just remember uh, right when that happened, one of my kids' friends, uh, Ryan Porteous, he'd gone off to college. He was up in, he was at uh, Santa Barbara for three weeks, going to college, being a kid. Uh, went camping, goofed off on a dock on this lake, fell into the lake, broke his neck. Became a pretty much paraplegic. So I remember going down, sitting with him in while he was doing rehab, so his parents could take a break. He's a twin also, and his other brother was mentally had issues. All of a sudden, they were dealing with him, and then dealing with Ryan that broke yeah. his neck. So we would sit and talk about our limbs and and nerve damage and things like that. So I didn't realize that that was that I was doing something for this family that I didn't even think, you know, was important, you know? So you got to realize anything that you're doing to help people, you know, you don't know what you're, what you're really doing for, for those people, you know? So by me sitting with Ryan and just hanging out and talking with him, gave his parents a break, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from what they do every day. So, and the cool thing about that story is Ryan, he's in a wheelchair he can kind of walk on a walker and he keeps working out and stuff. But this kid showed up at, at the yacht club. My kids got him back on a boat. He started sailing again. He ended up traveling the world as he's going to college, traveling the world and went to the Paralympics for sailing and ended no. up, I think he ended up fourth or fifth at, uh, when it was in, right? uh, when it was in Brazil. So he, and only, only one boat from America could go. And so he qualified right. to do it. Oh so, my. Yeah. so now he's a triathlete. Uh, he graduated. He's an engineer, graduated from Santa Barbara. He's a triathlete. He does triathlons. So oh, how inspiring, you know? Yeah. All because I have, all because I have this silly little drop foot thing. <laughs> Man. For those that are either parents or caregiving or whatever you really have to make sure that you're healthy and that you're not just giving 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 you you have to know what are things that are life bearing for you and you have to keep yourself full so that you can give to those that you are caring for or taking care of you know yeah yeah because how many scary. times do you hear a burnout with those that are living with or taking care of someone that you are um, just giving, 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 giving all the right. time? The burnout percentage is pretty high unless you take yeah. care of yourself. Yeah, you you know? know, I there's a couple of times that I, I felt burned out. And every time that I think we're past a hump something else happens and it's like oh <laughs> so uh, it is important you know to just take care of yourself wow. and reconnect with with your loved ones that are helping you hopefully been- you've okay. trained your sons so they can take care of you <laughs> <laughs> I told that's them one never. of your last missions <laughs> i said never never <laughs> oh 
There's someone in your family I've not met, but I get a kick out of, and that's Bob. Oh, Bob. Uh, tell us about Bob. <laughs> so Bob lived next door. He, he's a celebrity in the neighborhood. He used to live next door, and he's the owner of Bob would walk her dog, and Bob would follow and never get close to anybody. Bob is Bob, a cat. Bob is our cat. He's an orange yeah. tabby cat. And so Bob would always go for walks with her with his owner, never come close to anybody, do anything. Well, the owner passed away and the family came and got the dog and couldn't catch Bob. So they left Bob. So Bob would come through our yard and kind of hang out and live in his yard. And I would leave food out for Bob at night. And then pretty soon I'd wake up in the morning and out the window, Bob is sleeping on the hill waiting for, for his food. And so it took about a year of him living outside, eating food, before he finally jumped in my lap. And then he he would come in the house a little bit, but he was very skittish. And pretty soon he came and slept in the house. So now he has a routine. <laughs> oh he my. comes and sleeps with us at night. He gets up about four or five in the morning. Uh, he goes outside and he comes in about seven. He has his little goat's milk. And his food, his breakfast food. Then he has to have his treats and play with his toys. Then he sits on, on the couch. He goes back outside. Then he sits on my lap for a little bit. And then he goes back outside. Then he comes in. And then around 11, he comes in and takes his nap until about 4 or 5 in the afternoon. And then he goes outside. This is his, his routine? Yes, every single day. Oh, this is what he my. likes to do. And then he comes back about five or he comes back about six has his um dinner and then he wants to go for a walk and the reason i know he wants to go for a walk is he won't come inside but he meows at the door so that means i have to take him for a walk so then oh if i talk God. to neighbors he lays in the middle of the street and meows at me like uh come on let's keep walking <laughs> and then the kids in the neighborhood, they all sit down on their driveways and they watch Bob and they call for Bob and he won't come near him, but they watch Bob. And when I'm walking Bob and people are walking by, they go, oh, you're walking Bob. So everybody knows Bob <laughs> and they're oh, always looking for Bob. And he freaks out great. when my boys come home. Uh, he won't come in the house. He gets upset. He meows at me. I have to go sit outside with him. And he'll come in late at night to go to to go to sleep and then leave early in the morning because he doesn't want anybody in his house. Tolerates Richard and he's my shadow. You you are <laughs> the ultimate caregiver. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I go back then I have to go back to Florida to see my to see my grand dog, Tank. So Tank used to live in San Diego. My son Oh, I, the pit bull, right? Yeah. He's yeah, a yeah. Staffshire Terrier tank. He's autistic and um, ADHD. Oh, my. <laughs> and he has sleep apnea. <laughs> Does he have to wear that machine at night? I, I'd like him to. <laughs> well, my son got him. He said, Mom, I want to get a dog. I said, Honey, you just bought a house. You can't get a dog. Get used to having a job. You can't go away on weekends to go sailing. You can't be gone late at night. Well, he got the dog. And then I get, Mom, can you let Tank out tonight? Mom, can you have Tank this weekend? So I went and got him trained. I went and took him to lesson. Finally figured out how to be a good dog. My son got married to Rachel, and 
They moved to Florida and they took Tank. And it was so sad. So when I go to Florida to visit, Tank takes one look at me, yelps and and just barks and gets all excited. And then he's my shadow the whole time. I have to take him for a walk, a car ride, and a puppuccino. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a great. Yeah. Well, I've got a few questions for you as we uh, tie this thing up. Movie, either streaming or in the theater that you've ever seen. Uh, what was it? Bagger Vance. It was a golf is movie. That a, oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. It was a good movie. It was about um, a caddy. About a what? It was about a, a, a old guy that caddied for, for this golfer that had had issues and it just was a good life story yeah about doing the right thing <laughs> did hear that someone had a major stroke couldn't move and he picked up a was it a putter and started to move it well eventually he could play golf wow and it was it was that sport that brought his life back of course, he died of a heart attack later on, but <laughs> but that put him back into moving around and getting his life back. Golf. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was the Great one thing. Story. After my dad had his stroke, I brought a golf club when he was uh, rehabbing. I got him to swing a golf club and the occupational therapist loved it. It's like, oh, let's just do this. And then when he, when he got out of, uh, when he got out and got to come home, I took him on the golf course and it was the coolest thing. He, he was so happy to just be in the cart. Yeah. And so we're just out playing hit on this par four. I hit a nice drive. I hit my second shot. It was about 175 yards and we go up to the green and I can't find my ball. And my dad goes, look in the hole. I look in the hole. It was in the hole, so I had an eagle, and I made my dad stand up and hold the hold the flagstick. You know, <laughs> uh, we have the best time. I love taking him out and putting. You know, and he get that gets him outside and yeah. the fresh air and yeah. Just think what it does to his brain. To oh yeah, be in that it's, environment again. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, golf has so many cool things that I've gotten to do. I, I, my very first golf tournament was up in Canada in Vancouver and my husband and I drove up there, took a, we drove 24 hours cause there was no hotels to stay at and oh we came up there and I got to play on courses that my dad grew up on. It was just really, amazing. yeah. Speaking of golf lingo, I'm prepared to drop some lingo that golfers would know about. And let's see how you do. Okay. Okay. One second here. All right. When you talk about golf, here's some things that I don't know. What is a banana ball? A banana ball is a slice. My, my uncle was the best at banana balls. (laughs) I never heard of that before. It goes like a banana. So it goes, Oh, okay. It's it's going to the right. (laughs) Okay. When you say cabbage or spinach, what is that in golf? Cabbage or spinach? Oh, uh, cabbage or spinach is is rough. Yeah. When you hit it into the thick. Uh Yeah. Yeah. It's like really high grass. Here's one since you love cats. What is 
a cat box. Oh, that's a sand trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you call them bunkers. They're not sand traps. They're supposed to be bunkers. <laughs> I like sandbox um, or cat box. <laughs> and then this is one that I have no idea. What is a duff? A duff? D-U-F-F. Yes. Oh, duff. It means you, you duffed the ball. You, you topped it. You chunked it. You went to hit, you go to hit the ball and you miss it. That's a duff. Okay. So it's a bad shot for sure. (laughs) Eagle. That's an easy one. Yeah. That's uh, so par is how many strokes it gets in the hole. Like a, like a par four. It take, it should take you four shots to get in the hole. If you do it in three shots, that's a birdie. If you do it in two shots, that's an eagle. You got it. Or par five. What's a frog hair? Frog hair. (laughs) <laughs> is that frog has hair? something to do with the grass well yeah frog it's, hair is it on the green yes yeah it, it's when it's uh when there's blooms on the green isn't it it's closely mowed grass surrounding the green oh okay surrounding the green so that's that's the apron Okay. So, so it's not the green. You're it's throwing the- out lingo, additional lingo. You're trying to get bonus points here. <laughs> um, I'll just give you two more. Okay. Uh, an easy one is what is a hook? Oh, a hook is when you, when it goes left. Okay. It's the opposite Last of the banana one, ball. <laughs> jungle. Jungle means you're in the you're in the um, trees. <laughs> You got it. Well, I knew I I wasn't going to stump you, but (laughs) I just wanted to let my listeners know you're the real deal. You're more than an amateur, more than someone that loves the game. You are golf. (laughs) Thank you. You are. My, I think my, my husband would, would consider that. (laughs) <laughs> yes she is golf <laughs> he doesn't play by the way he he played 11 holes and said it was the worst sport he could that anyone could ever do to themselves what does so, he play what does he, he like he likes to mountain bike and he he likes to sail but he really it, he loves to mountain bike right now and uh okay he got a new hip uh last year april 1st yeah, so now he's, wow. he rides pretty much every day, about 20 miles. And, so yeah. the hip's doing good. Hip's doing great, yeah. But funny story there is he, you know, his friends will go, where's Jamie this week? I don't know. She's somewhere playing golf in a tournament. <laughs> well, don't you watch? No. <laughs> she just would go crazy if she couldn't be out playing golf. And so he, wow. he retired in January for like a month. And decided to go to he sold, he he uh, decided to get a job. He's applying all over the place. He got a job at Dick's Sporting Goods in the golf department. No, <laughs> that's how he can see you. That's it. <laughs> oh, oh that's he, he doesn't play golf, so I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Jamie, I have enjoyed this thoroughly and i know that when i think of you you're such a a life bearing person and what i mean by that wherever you go uh you invest in people 
you encourage them, you're there with them. You are one of those that people walk away from you and their life is better. You're just one of those people. And you've been that to us as well. Aww. Aww. I love you. And I, love I love you your too. family. Love you guys. You know, you, you guys, you, because when I met you, you and, and pretty much the people at Faith Chapel really helped us grow into mm. the people that we are now. Mm. You know, that's what I feel. Well, it was a unique time. And yep. it's so awesome that we all still know each other. Yeah. yeah. We're still cool. part of one another's lives. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. I hope we can do this again. And if not, come visit, bring Bob, <laughs> and we'll see each other real soon. Absolutely. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Are you aware that each episode has show notes? Some will have special links and resources. Please add your comments and do share this with those you know. This is the My New Norm podcast, and I am still your host, Barry Scott Young.